Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeon Drunks, a dangerous encounter with some corrupted orcs and wolves leaves Carlton shaken as he is forced to fight his former kin. It also leaves Jonathan reeling as his owl-familiar Bux is killed and sent back to the celestial plane. Jonathan tries to resummon Bux, and with the help of Bernie's divine guidance, is able to bring his friend back. After resting for the night and once again suffering the debilitating effects of the diseased forest around them, Travancore leads the group to the heart of the corrupted woods. There they find a barren patch of ground and a tunnel leading into darkness, the lair of the demon of rot. And that's where we begin tonight. Da -da -dun. <laughs> Tempo change. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy. I am still indulging in the Hydra Hooch that we got while we were at RTX a couple weeks ago. This time I have taken the suggestion of the, the people who actually made it, uh, Becca and Ethan. I had been looking for suggestions for what to mix with the Hydra Hooch because, oh my God, this stuff is strong. And they had suggested, along with some other people, chocolate of a variety of sorts, chocolate liqueur, chocolate milk, chocolate and milk. And so this is, I don't have a name for it, but it is Bailey's whipped cream vodka, milk, and just a splash, ju just a tiny little splash of the Hydra Hooch. And between all the chocolate and the milk, that kind of negates the effects of the, oh my God, I'm going to die. And you get a little bit of that, that spicy chocolate and it's really good. And I am happy. And I've also got a lot of water here because, hey, you guys are at the lair of the Rot Demon. I probably shouldn't drink too much. Travancore, what are you drinking tonight? Good people of Faerun, the Viceroy's choice this evening is inspired by the fact that he finds himself on the side of the Delaware that he's not normally on. You know, the one with all the Hessians and the hairspray. It's uh, Orange Fanta. <laughs> Fanta? Fanta, 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 Fanta? No, that's something else. Fanta, Fanta? Nope. No, am I right? Yeah, you are. No, that, oh shit! So it's, um, it's Fanta. Oh, I never. I've, I, I'm sweating the nomenclature here. I, it's I always Fanta. Fanta. We're it's American. Fanta. I'm just, it's Fanta. Yeah, I'm just remembering yeah. the commercial. Fanta. It's very, very orange. I like it. Bernie, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I'm drinking a really, really good Bull City Cider Works Rise Up. It's a ginger cider. I don't know if I've had it for the show before, but Stephen and I had it when we were at Bull City Cider Works a while back, and it is. So, 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 so yummy. And I've already had one with dinner tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you, you keep drinking just as long as you're healing. Carlton, what are you drinking tonight? I have a main root uh, spicy ginger brew, uh, which is basically ginger beer, which is left over from when I used to make uh, Moscow Mules. And so I'm just drinking it straight. It's got a nice little kick to it. Not nearly as potent or deadly as Hydra Huge, but a nice little uh, burn. But frankly, what is as potent or deadly, to be honest? I like that the two of you are both drinking ginger things. And finally, Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan, and I play Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Tonight, I am back to an old favorite, Up Yours Putin. Woo! Uh, I was about to say, is... you've got several old favorites. You'll have to be more specific. I'm back to this one. It is, of course, Diet 7-Up and Vodka. And 
we workshopped this a little bit. This is going to be a new thing going forward uh, with our show Dungeon Drunks. I have here a shot of fireball that will be shot up upon first fireball. You know what? I'm going to dedicate this to people. And I'm going to dedicate it to a young lady that we all know. Uh, her name is Amanda. And she is literally a fireball. That was she her username on, on uh, Rooster Teeth. So this fireball, Amanda, is for you. Behemoth. Behemoth. <laughs> and just to be clear, what we decided on is that it would just, only just be one. The, just the just one. The first time, not subsequent. So because... We do have a show to produce. This is true. We We also... You know what? Drink responsibly, kids. None of us are driving after this. And none of us are on TV or in front of an audience of 500 people. But maybe we should have called ourselves Dungeons and Dragons and maybe just the one beer. (laughs) 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 We're all like, we're all like, it's so funny because like, I think if we had started playing this game when I was in college, it would have been like Dungeons and Dragons and Julia gets blackout drunk. And... (laughs) And but like now it's like Dungeons and Dragons and Julia's got to work tomorrow and Dungeons and Dragons and like I just wanted water tonight and Dungeons and Dragons. Honestly, honestly, with a few exceptions, both live games and and in person and over Skype games were more Dungeons and Dragons and some really interesting alcohol choices and and really nice beers that we wanted to share with everybody, which is also kind of hard to market. So Dungeon Drunks is a little easier. Ladies and gentlemen, you stand before a crater in the ground and a tunnel cave hole in the ground where one can only assume the center of the corruption of the Crypt Garden Forest can be found. It is unwholesomely disgusting. In fact, as you guys kind of approach this clearing, the horses refuse to move. Uh, Shadow growls as he reaches the edge of this clearing. Koku Snoot skids to a stop and joins his, his bear companion in growling. Your horses snort and whinny and buck and... Jonathan Bucks comes and lands on your shoulder after he's been scatting around a little bit and grips your shoulder a little bit tighter as the animal senses part of him are attuned to the rot in this area a little more keenly uh, as as are his other animal companions and they they refuse to enter. Did do we do we do a sleepy time? Yes, we did. You did. And okay. uh, some of you, so you got all your points back. You got your spells back. Remember, a my ears you... are all scabby and gross. Here. Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, look, look, look. What? No, 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 no. What? 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 We talked. What? We talked about things that make Julia vomit in real life. I like how I also put my own ear up to the microphone as if it were a camera. Yeah, I know. And you know what? It made it worse. It really did. Yep. It really made it worse for me. And I... I, I, I mm, mm, so mm, to mm, keep mm. things simple, we'll, we'll, dis- we'll describe these in the plainest terms possible for the, the real life members of our party. Both Carlton and Jonathan are, are suffering from a negative two to their perception checks because they're having a very hard time hearing. What? We have Travancore, who his feet have curled in on themselves in an unnatural way, and so he has uh, 10 feet less of movement than he normally would. Mm. And we have Shadow, who is 
unnecessarily aggressive and angry. He is going to neglect his own defense, and he has a negative one to his AC. Bernie's going to do a perception check since she's the only one who doesn't have ingrown toenails and an ear fungus problem. Okay, what are you looking for? Um, I, I guess I just like, I don't know, it's like I kind of just want to know a little bit more about our surroundings. Like, I want to be on the lookout for anything that like later could come back to bite us in the ass. Okay, so you're just kind of taking in the general, yeah. the general surroundings. That's Give an 18. Okay. So, as I said, you guys have reached this tree line in the middle of the forest. It is a oddly shaped clearing, almost an oval in the in the middle of this forest where the trees end, and it's this rocky, muddy clearing that starts to rise up a little bit and then sinks down into a crater that then you can see a cave made out of roots and vines just dug into the ground and leading into a passage that you can only see a couple feet down before it snakes its way out of sight. It is mid-morning by the time you guys have arrived, so it's kind of disgustingly gray and you don't hear any noises of animals or enemies or monsters. You don't hear the normal sounds of the forest, obviously. But at this point, as much as it's it's both weird, but you've grown a little more used to it. it. It no longer startles you because this is the way it's been for days now. The ground is more rocky as it gets closer to the center. And the smell that's been coming out of this cave is putrescent. It is tainted with the smell of decay. It is the worst of all possible decayed outcomes. This is death in its most gross form, roiling out on the little bit of breeze that you can see and smell to assault your senses in the same way that the very forest around you is just assaulting your mind. Oh, th- this is nice. Jonathan the Magic Muscular cast Major Armor on himself. Oh, good job, okay. Jonathan the Magic Muscular. I don't just have to be- waiting for waiting for an opportunity here. Don't have to be angry at you for the duration of the battle. <laughs> Bernie gives you a gold star sticker. Bernie has actual, can we like, can we retcon that Bernie has gold star stickers that she puts on Jonathan the Magic Muscular every time he uses his mage armor and it is for that purpose and that, she bought them in Waterdeep because she was just so fucking sick of it and she's just like, may I, you're not a tank. May I offer a slightly more in canon solution, which is you bought all of these inks I believe one of those inks is is a gold, and you've gotten incredibly adept at drawing a tiny little gold star. Yes, I would like to say that in the middle of the rot and putrescence and fear and crusty ears and animals that have decided they're, that love us, but mm, not this much, Bernie walks over and does a thing where you like put the quill on your tongue and dips it in the ink and just draws a gold star on whatever body part is closest to her and exposed. And she's just like, good job. It'd probably be Jonathan's hand. Goes on probably his Probably like the top of his hand, yeah. I'll try not to burn this off when I cast fire spells. Thank you, Bernie. If you get enough of these by the end of the school year, you get a prize. Do I get a pizza party? Maybe. 
I if want a pizza, pizza party. If exists in our fantasy world, if not, I'll put some cheese on some bread and hand you a tomato. I imagine Carlton has a bunch of gray clouds for every time she had to heal stupid. This is Carlton my has, fantasy world. has purple frowny faces. Pizza appears in all of my fantasy world. Yes. Because it's not my fantasy unless there's pizza there. So absolutely, not only does pizza exist, but several different styles. One could say both New York and Chicago versions of pizza both exist <gasps> in Waterdeep. What about Napolitano? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And a tiny part of Travancore's soul <laughs> that he didn't even know was there lit up just just a, yeah, <laughs> on that news. Travancore, you're used to a, a very thin crust style pizza from yeah. your hometown. And you can't wait to get back to Waterdeep and see if you can find somebody who makes that thin crust pizza. And the, for a moment, you all think about pizza and it, it kind of mentally clears your senses. Can but we you have are a plus still one, standing. some kind of inspiration, a point of inspiration for pizza? A pizza point that can be applied a towards a free point, personal pan pizza? pizza. Point. Considering I'm the one who just said that pizza exists in this universe, shouldn't I get the inspiration? You can have one. Too. You don't need it. Okay, so Jonathan the Magimuscular is gonna is gonna feel Bucks's hesitation and kind of like motion him to come onto his uh, his fingers so he can talk to him buddy to buddy. And he's like, Bucks, you've been through a lot. I'm not gonna make you go in there because it's gonna get pretty bad. Tell you what, you take care of everyone out here. You're in charge. Make sure they, uh, make sure that they are okay. Watch out for them. And Bucks grips you a little bit tighter, and the mental image that you see in your head is of him following you into this cave, and of him coming back from the celestial plane after you had summoned him again, and him being really upset if he came all the way back only to stand out with the horses and you get the sense that and and shadow kind of gives the same the same feeling to you travancore that no these these are these companions of yours are a little bit more than your pack animals and they are your companions for a reason and they will not be left behind hey shadow okay let's go break a rot demon and in between the growls shadow gives you uh, a look kind of out of the, the corner of his eye, and you could swear you see this bear grin, and <laughs> and there would, there you just know, there's nothing more in this world right now that this bear wants than to kill whatever it is that's been causing everything in this forest. Onward then. All right, Bucks. Yeah, let's, uh, let's go. He, I, I, I kind of lift him up and, uh, and allow him to fly back onto my shoulder. Okay. Uh, what would you like to do with the horses? And Bernie, what, what would you like to do with Coco Snoot? As he also seems hesitant to e even step one paw into this clearing. Hey, Coco Snoot. He obediently sits. You are, you are a battle dog. We are about to engage in what is called battle. That bear over there was a snotty little child for four weeks. Are you going to let him be braver than you? Coco Snoot licks you and stands back up and waits for you to Good do whatever you're going to do. I hop back on Coco Snoot. I said, Peanut Butter, okay. stay here. I mean, if we die, you die. So it's, uh, it's you're nothing you can do about it. Yeah, I guess we find a stump or something to hobble, to uh, tie the horses to. Yeah. 
Sounds good. You can find a bunch of stumps, but all of the, the trees that are in this area of the forest are matchsticks waiting to appear. The instant you start to tie a rope around even what you think are the thickest trunks, the just a gentle movement by the horses starts to saw through these trunks like they are nothing but rotted wood. And as you've been walking through this forest, even just Carlton and Shadow bumping into these trees have caused many of them to fall to pieces and and you get the sense that you you can try, but if something spooks these horses, they might be able to break what free and is run. A, uh, out of everything we've seen, what is a good hitching post? Uh, go ahead and roll an investigation check. Oh, that's not good. That's like an 11, I think. Yep, 11. You really just see trees and rot. There's All right. not much. Uh, let's do this then. Let's tie the horses together and hope for the best. Yeah. Okay. You tie them together. Uh, you do kind of put one of the leads against what looks like kind of the biggest tree around. If they decide to bolt, there's a good chance they'll be able to get loose. But at least for the moment, they seem to be content with knowing they're not going to have to go any closer to the center of this clearing. They they calm down a little bit now that it's obvious that they're going to be staying and not moving forward with you. What would you like to do? All right, guys, let's go in. Uh, let me see if there's any more uh, buffs ready. to be thrown. Do we have Do we have any more long spells that we can throw right now? I mean, yeah, actually, Bernie, I, it depends on how long we... So my stuff only lasts like a minute, so it's like we could, but if the no, Rod Demon monologues at us, I don't want to waste a spell. No, no, we're, we're, yeah. we're talking like hour or eight hour durations here, if you've got anything like that. Like aid, I think aid would be a good one. I got spell of axe. You have Spell of Axe. Travancore has Spell of Arrow to Face. <laughs> I thought it was Arrow to Knee. It's Arrow to Insert Body well, Parts. it used to be. That, that, it, it was five <laughs> fucking years ago. We've moved on. Okay, hold on. Let me pull in my spells. Let me look at Aid. And if Aid is like a second level spell, and do I want to waste it on you fools? I'm just kidding. Of course I do. It lasts eight hours. Do you have it prepped, though, is the question. Always. Um, your spell bolsters your allies with toughness and resolve. Choose up to three creatures, so you guys will get five hit points. Yeah, I'll waste that on you. And we, there, it's got another effect, right? We d we can't get frightened. No, that's Hero's Feast. Hmm. No, 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 that's no. Uh, I this is all it says. At higher levels, I get you guys ten hit points. I may be thinking of heroism. Choose up to three creatures within range. Each target's hit point maximum. And current hit points increase by five for the duration. So you can only choose three creatures uh, at second level. But the good thing about it is, yeah, it's, it's eight hours. It increases your, your hit point maximum. So it's not temporary hit points, which means Bernie can heal you up to those five hit points. And it's she can do it right now and not have to worry about it. So it is yeah, up to I'm you. Thinking, I think I was thinking I of uh, like heroism. I that because... Because really, you fools. All right. Plus, let me you make have a new the uh, chart. you have the pearls. So if you need to recover that, and then maybe another first level slot, you can do that. That actually sounds like a very good idea. It's one spell slot up to third level. Well, why don't I do that and then use a little pearl uh, and recover it? Uh, whole, because you might want to recover one of your third level spells later, and it's only an action to do. Okay, so I can do that. So yeah. I'm going to cast it on everyone but me and the bear. Remember this benevolence Actually, when I'm dead. 
cast it on the bear because he's more likely to get into a scrape than I am. That's true. That's true. So that means, you know what that means. What does that mean? <laughs> I mean, you don't stand right up next to the thing. Look, hey, he rushed me, all right? And I took care of it. Danger close fireballs are wonderful. I'm casting aid. Actually, truthfully, I'm thinking I'm thinking about Travancore, but he is so ranged that nothing else really gets close to him. However, every time I heal anything, things attack me. So you're thinking maybe you, you, the bear, and Carlton. Yeah. Okay. I'm cool with that. That's gonna come in handy. Let's put, let's face it. You have 65 hit points now, Carlton. I'm up to 65, yes. It could be the difference between life and death. Like actual death. Bernie casts aid. Is there anything else you guys would like to do? Um, is there any like weirdo cantrips that I got that I can just like? Are these all? That is up to you. Go ahead, Capri. Cast spare the dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we have to be at zero for that. Okay, well, it's all concentration up to a minute, so we're just gonna go with aid. Aid's a good one. Uh, I feel like we've all done so much to predict our own stupidity that something's going to go just terribly wrong. You know, wrong. actually, Carlton. Hi. You're a, you're not wearing armor, right? No. At all. I've got my... I do have pants and a shirt on now. Yeah. If I were to cast mage armor on you as it's well... It's 13 plus dex, right? Thirteen. The base AC becomes 13 plus dex. You have a feature that increases your AC. Unarmored, which would be... So it would give me deck base of 13 plus my dex, which is 16 plus my con. So that would bump me up to 20. Uh, it does, that, it does that work that way, Lauren? So wait, your dex is what? My dex right now is uh, plus three, so 16. It's, so it's mage armor by itself without my unarmored defense would give me a, ace, a base AC of 16. But then I get to add my con to that for, because I'm unarmored, which would then bump me to 20. No, so if... Jonathan casts mage armor, you get the AC equation of mage armor. You don't get to add your unarmored defense on top of it. Okay. So Uh, you you get one or the other, whichever is higher, but not both. Leroy Jenkins! Let's do this. Yep, let's (laughs) let's do this. I think we have all our buffs on. I would love it if at one point... Like Bernie just went Leroy, and like you guys were like, "Who, who is Leroy?" Who? Yeah, who I don't remember Leroy? seeing that play. Ran, like, if I ever decide that Bernie's gonna commit suicide, that'll be the thing <laughs> she yells. <laughs> As you guys enter the Inter Sandman, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? And that's all I'm gonna do. That's all we're allowed to legally do. So you guys move down. You move into the clearing, leaving behind the horses. The various animal companions shudder a little bit as you guys get a little bit closer, but they all they all follow out of senses of loyalty, duty, and friendship. You head into the crater in the middle of this clearing and towards the cave, which, as I said, seems to be dug out of the ground with blackened, rotted vines and twisted roots. And I would love a marching order. It looks like two to, th- it looks like it's about there. I'm first. 15 ish feet across. It's a rough hewn cave, but there's about 15 feet for movement. So who would like to go first and what order? Shadow and I will hang in the back. Do we actually ever have to ask that question? No, Shadow should go first because Shadow's been pumped up on the ACs and his AC is low. So he's been pumped up on his 
in his health, his health, but his AC is actually negative it's one to at hit the him, moment. But he's harder to kill him. I'm going to go first. All right, Shadow can hang out with Carlton, but Trav and Quirrell hang on the back. Is anyone else going to be next to them? No. No. Or would someone like to be... Bernie calls middle. ...behind them? Bernie, yeah. Bernie's always in the middle. Okay, and where is... And Travancore is going to bring up the rear, it sounds like? And how? So you guys are going to be two across. I almost think that uh, JMM should bring up the rear just because if we need... If we need something to be tracked or traps to be had, then Travancore is right there at the front, near the front. Plenty of room in the caboose, Fendo. Yeah, can you tell that literally none of us want to go in here? Yeah, I that too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just trying to be practical here. All right, Bernie is riding Coco Snoot. Where is Bucks? Bucks is uh, on my shoulder. Uh, actually, Bucks is going to hang back even further. Uh, he's going to actually bring up the rear and just try and, and watch out. Okay, so basically we've got Carlton and Shadow in the front, and then 10 feet behind them, Bernie, and then 10 feet behind her, Jonathan and Travancore, and then how far would you like Bucks to be? 10 feet away, 10 right, feet so behind. basically me. within 10 feet. All right, uh, you guys start to head into this lair. You can see that the, the walls and... Basically, the floor, the ceiling, everything are all made of natural elements that have almost intentionally carved out this slowly winding path leading both to the left and down. It's a, it's a gentle slope leading into the ground. It gets colder as you move down, as the, the walls around you are a little more frozen than they were up top. And, uh, about, 30 to 40 feet ahead of you, the actual path turns a little bit more. And even those of you with dark vision can't really see much past that. So you guys going to move up? Yeah. Uh, I want to yep. go look around that corner cautiously and quietly. Let's go. Uh, are you guys just walking forward? But by cautiously, are you sneaking? Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to stealth it. Same. Yeah, might as well try. Yeah, sure. Uh, why don't we sneak? All right. Everybody give me stealth checks. And oh. that will include Bucks and Shadow. I got a nine. I'm not stealthy. We'll be stealthy for you. Uh, Carlton, what'd you get? Uh, 21. And Bernie? A nine. And Jonathan? Uh, 18. And Bucks? 19. And Travancore? 19. And Shadow? 12. Oh, and Cocosnoot. No. I need Cocosnoot to roll a, a stealth check as well. No, laugh with Cocosnoot gets a oh. natural 20. Coco Snoot, shit. Coco Snoot and I are one. If I did poorly, Coco Snoot did poorly, right? Uh, not necessarily. This is a group stealth check, so it is kind of what all of you are doing together. Mastiff, uh, their dexterity is a plus two. Oh, well, shit. So go ahead and this roll. This dog's probably so much better at stealth than I am. Coco Snoot's probably been incredibly annoyed at me this whole time. Coco Snoot got an 18. Coco Snoot is stealthy, and Bernie is singing Inner Sandman, so... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you guys all move forward relatively quiet. It's been eerily quiet this whole time, and it's kind of it kind of feels relatively easy to remain quiet. Even Bernie, thanks to Coco Snoot being the one actually padding along, her armor doesn't make a terrible amount of noise. And as you kind of round this corner, uh, you can see a little bit further into the cave. It narrows out a little bit, and then it gets a lot wider. And uh, Carlton, you can see up front where you are that the 
the cave is going to move off to the left and then start to widen. You also notice that the ground and the walls, even though it's incredibly cold, are a little slick with something. They shimmer a little bit. They're wet. What can I... You said something, which makes me think that Carlton would realize that if it's wet with something, it might not necessarily wet with water. Uh, what can I roll to see if I recognize what it's slick with? Well, I said something because you haven't, like, licked it, I assume, to see what it is. Oh. Lick it! Uh, before I lick it. Lick it. Lick it. Lick it. It's wet. Uh, That's all you can tell by looking at it, if you would like to know uh, more. So would it be a constitution save to lick it? Bernie does not approve of this, but Julia wants you to lick it. If you want to actually examine it some more, I'll take a nature check. I will examine it before I lick it, because Bernie doesn't heal stupid. Bernie doesn't heal stupid. Julia wants you to lick it for her own Everybody drink. All right. Yes! Natural 20? Natural 20. Okay. It is... A good thing you didn't lick it, because it doesn't seem to be water. It seems to be mucus. Okay, apparently this rot demon is is just going to defeat us by grossing us the fuck out. This rot demon is going to give us all sinus infections and is going to defeat us by laying us up in bed for a week. Yeah, you can see it's shimmering across the walls. It is kind of translucent you get a little bit closer without touching it and you can see there's almost like some of the vines that make up the the walls and the ceiling of this cave are not frozen solid or completely decrepitly diseased some of them seem to still have some life in them and it's got this weird mucus around it I'm going to take one of my empty potion healing bottles, and I'm going to kind of, like, scrape some of the mucus into it for later study. Okay. Yeah, you're able to- I'm not going to study. I'm going to give it to Jonathan to study, because he knows smart people. You can get a little bit off the walls. It's it's awkward, as you're, I'm assuming, trying not to touch it, and you're able to get uh, a little little tiny bit, cubic milliliter or so. It's enough that I would feel comfortable giving it to a smart person. All right. Are you guys going to do anything else? Can I ask a question about the doctrine of medicine in this world? Sure. Is it a four humors or a germ theory? Which would you like? I mean, so if it depends on how fantasy world works. I feel like... that In, I this, feel- <laughs> in this case, it's less about how fantasy world works and more... Uh, you're the cleric. I just wanted to make a joke about... The- Yeah, no one's going to get it, so let's just move on. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to make a joke about phlegmatic humorism, and then I just realized I was... Well, if that was the case, then you would probably have a plague doctor's mask. Yeah. Yeah, and and Bernie's not big on, like, the long noses, and then she's... And she's not big on looking fucking creepy. Yeah. It's creepy, but if you think about it, the idea was that you're covering... You really are, like, if you're covering your mouth and nose, you are preventing the spread of germs from your body to another body. So the, it's not, it's absolutely wrong in why they were doing it, but it's like, there were a lot of people who very much, like, in, during some plagues, they were like, oh, we think it's, like, the development of germ theory wasn't, like, a sudden, oh my god, it's this. There's, like, little, you can see little weird pockets throughout history where people, like, sort of have the right methods for the wrong reasons 
or the wrong methods for the right reasons. So it's just like really weird where people are like, oh, defo, we got to do this. And you're like, yeah, you do got to do that, friendo, but not not for that reason. Well, and it both helps and hurts that you are in a, a magical realm where not only can a variety of diseases and afflictions be aided by magic or caused by magic, but they can also be cured by magic. So in a lot of ways, the the intent of penicillin hasn't been invented yet because cure disease is a thing. Yeah, that's true. Oh, but what if we took the what if we took the sword and the stone approach? There are purple spotted dragons and their germs. There are definitely both. And you as a healer would be aware of, of both. But yeah, the, the magical side of healing is at this point in the history of your world, so much more powerful. I mean, medical doctors can't bring people back from the dead, but eventually you will be able to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, speaking of bringing people back from the dead, don't you wish you had that skill? Let's go fight a rod demon. <laughs> Would you guys like to continue to move forward or do anything else? Yeah, let's just move forward, yeah, y'all. I'm going to move gotta... to right there. Shall we remain stealthy? Sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah, well, you haven't moved very far, so I'll, I'll we're going to keep your rolls from before. You okay. guys kind of round this weird bend uh, and get up to where Carlton saw that the, the room opens up. And it opens up in quite the grand fashion. There is, there is actually a, a weird light permeating this area it's dim and it's coming mostly from the walls but you can definitely see that what once was a a small little passageway of 15 or so feet out into the darkness now opens up into this giant cavern the walls themselves are covered in moss and lichens that are giving off this weird greenish glow there's tendrils of vines that were giving off the mucus that carlton saw hanging from the ceiling and the smell that you all felt and heard before this is where it's coming from this is 100% where this is the source. And while you don't necessarily see the source right away, there's not like a, a giant corpse lying somewhere. It is very obvious, this thing. This this is where the bad shit happened. Theoretically, it could be actually someone's bad shit that made all this happen. Yeah. Jonathan Muscular <laughs> is going to kind of hold his hand nearish to his face and light it with a with a minor version of his uh, fire uh, firebolt just to kind of like burn away some of the some of the fumes and stuff and try and give him like a little bit of room to breathe it gives you about five seconds and then because it's an instant instantaneous spell the this whole room is is just suffused with the odor of rot and as soon as the fire goes out the smell is back and while it's not Anything that you feel like is detrimental to your health, it is, it is cloying and annoying. And as you view into this area, you can see the center of this giant cavern, a tree. And it's a lot like the trees that are outside. It obviously is diseased and broken and feeble, but it's not the same 
as many of the other trees as far as what, what kind of tree it is. Most of them were winter trees, pines, a, a lot of trees that you would expect to still have needles or leaves or something, an evergreen type thing. This seems to have been at one point a, a huge weeping willow in where all the branches and all of the leaves are now gone, long gone. All you see are twisted, knotted bits of branches. The actual trunk of this tree is black and charred as though it was on fire at some point. And while it still is massive, it is easily a trunk that is 10 to 15 feet in diameter. It rises a good 40, 50 feet up into this cavern that continues to go for 70, 80 feet up into the air. It seems to also be the source of this prevailing awful smell. And it is horrific. I would like to do some kind of check to see um, whether that, to confirm my suspicion, that this is the totem linking the rock demon to this realm. From where you are, you'd probably have to move up a little bit closer, at least to the mouth entrance of this cavern. Um, so if you'd like to do that, then I would need a nature check. All right, I'll move up. Let's all, I'll go with him. Everybody goes with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jonathan the Metamuscular is going to try and, uh, and either aid <laughs> Travancore in his nature check or, or try a nature check of his yes, own. Yes, please help. <laughs> okay. Bernie so, can do a nature check. She apparently has some bonuses in nature things, which is, no, she doesn't. That's a lie, but why not, right? I'm going to move you guys up, and I'm going to move Travancore up to be with Carlton and Shadow kind of on the same uh, front line as you guys get to the edge of this cavern. Uh, would you like to get any closer, or is this where you'd like to be? That's fine. Right now, this is fine. Okay. Hey, uh, Jonathan. Yo. You remember that play where there was a bear who said only you can prevent forest fires? Don't listen to him. Uh, I wasn't planning to. Travancore, uh, what was your nature check? Eight. Okay. And Jonathan, I heard you said you were trying to, to aid him? Yes. Okay. Or either aid him or make my own roll. How? Uh, I'm going to... I'm going to sort of, I'm going to be a little bit of that guy. And it's like, and I'll say like Travancore, you'll notice how the roots on this tree kind of come up and they're not really supposed to do that. And oh, as you can clearly see, the the color of the bark is is just all wrong. And he's going to try and just basically parlay his general knowledge of trees and nature into this fucking thing. Wizard splaining to, to a ranger. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks to Jonathan's uh, backseat nature, you he does point oh, out a look few. Out. Oh, look at those branches, man! Look, look at the branches. He, he does point out a few things that you didn't notice at first. So you can go ahead and roll with advantage. Uh, Carlton, what was your number? Uh, for nature, twenty-one. Okay, and Travancore. So it's a twenty. But Bernie is just like, ha, huh, nature. She got a two, by but, the way, but a soft twenty. Okay. So we got a, a 20 and a 21 from our two nature boys. The tree itself. That's the name of our boy band. Travancore, you were specifically looking to see if this is the totem. Carlton, what specifically are you looking for? Uh, kind of along the same lines to see if this is what's causing it. Like he was looking for the totem that links the rock demon. I was looking to see if this is what's causing it to spread into the forest. Because my more concern is the, as Carlton would be like, what's going, what's causing my home to be shitty? 
Like, yeah, I should be concerned about, like, the greater good, but in reality, I just want my forest not to be shitty. Sure. Travancore, knowing what you know about the way this demon works and what Bernie has explained to you uh, about the religious iconography of a, a symbol that this thing is bound to, this is a tree and it doesn't, it doesn't fit the profile. You don't think this is that the tree itself doesn't seem to be any kind of symbol or an actual thing. It's, it seems to be the center of this rot, but it is not the actual icon that you're looking for. Carlton, for a moment when Travancore says this, you look at this and wonder if this is a blighted tree. Is this you've heard about whole forest being taken out by by tree blight? No, this isn't a blighted tree. While the symptoms are similar, it's not the same. Can I roll a religion check to see if this tree is where Karen used to live? My leaky? My leaky? Her no. name's My leaky. In my head, her name was Karen. But <laughs> you don't. My leaky. <laughs> That's a completely different name. In my head, I mean, because what this seems like is this seems like My leaky's physical manifestation and connection to this earth and therefore her home. And so what we're seeing is her home dying. That is an interesting thought. Without even rolling, though, you know that most of the gods do not have physical manifestations on this plane because they're basically not allowed. Some by choice, some being prevented for the same reason that whenever you try to connect with your goddess, it is it is a, a tenuous thing. The The gods remain separate from the material plane because once one of them descends to the the ground all of them can and that has just caused disaster and war between the gods in the past now that being said you know that myliki is the goddess of forests and her presence would be incredibly concerned with this place as you know from your your dreams and visions but you have a hard time believing that any physical manifestation of a god or goddess could be here without without there being a lot more problems than a decrepit forest right now. A war between the gods would be noticeable outside the Crypt Garden Forest. Ah. So you would know all of that even without without a check. But it seems like a desecrated temple. It does. It has that feel to it. I really just want to walk in here and kind of like paperbag princess style just be like, hey, rod demon. Would you like to move into the the cavern? Y'all want to do this? I'm going to move. I'm going to go that far. Okay. So Carlton moves 15 feet into the clearing. kind of get a better look at what's going on. Okay. Shadow keeps pace with Carlton. Travancore hangs back. How far back? Um, Basically where he is now, eventually hoping to get in the formation that they were in before. Okay. So you're, you're just kind of moving in behind them again? Yeah. Okay, so Travancore kind of sneaks in behind where Carlton and Shadow have now boldly moved out to the closer to the tree, closer to the center of this place. Nothing seems to happen. The, the smell gets a little more strong, but that's about it. So this is not the totem? You, it's definitely Travancore not. does not think it is. Okay. Can Bernie do a religion check to I think we should burn it down think? anyway. Yeah, I was gonna say burn or chop. Well, I think we're supposed to destroy the demon, then the totem. Like I think you yeah, do the other we way. are supposed to destroy. That's why I'd like to be a hundred percent sure. 
Yeah. That's why I wanted are, to make sure. Are we it wasn't sure the totem. about that? I thought if we destroyed the totem, it's then totem after the demon. Because if we destroy the demon, the demon can stay here. Right, but I thought if we destroyed first, the totem, then he can't stay here anyway. Yeah, well, you have to destroy the de- demon and then the totem. I remember because I took a note on this. If you destroy the totem first, the demon can stay here and he can't go back. Oh, he My can, like, he can leave here though. Like he can go out of the crypt garden. That yeah, is what he it can was. basically the totem. Oh, right. The totem basically anchors him here. Yeah. And if we destroy him first and then the totem, he can't. He can't go anywhere else until. Yeah. He can't go anywhere else. And he has to leave. Okay. So, Bernie, you were talking about a religion check. What were you trying to figure out? If this looks like a totem, this tree. If, I, if the tree looks like a totem, or if I, in looking at the tree and going, meh, it doesn't look like a totem, I see anything else in here that looks like it could be the totem. All right. Give me a religion check. 23. You are pretty sure this tree can't be the totem. Because you know that the totem of Orcus would include a skull on top of it. In general, it tends to be some sort of wand or rod or staff with a skull on top. And this tree, while the totem may be near it, inside it, hidden by it, buried under it, you can't really see anything. You know if the warlocks were were warlocks of Orcus and were using his powers if the, if they were using a totem of Orcus uh, something natural would be the last thing he would use hmm Ooh. i don't want to light it on fire if the totem's in it all right well let's uh let's investigate it and see what we can figure out cuz there's nothing else in the room right not that we've seen go ahead and roll a perception check uh, that is going to be 12. Doesn't seem to be anything else in the room. Bernie got uh, Jonathan a is the only one who asked about that. So in this case, Jonathan will be the only one who gets to roll a perception check. What would the rest of you like to do? Bernie wants to see if there's anything else in the room. <laughs> she got a 14. Doesn't seem to be anything else in the room. All right, let's check out that tree. I was going to say, I could throw a hand axe and see what happens. No, let's, let's not, because this might be the be- last, like, resting place or bastion of Maliki. We just don't want to go like chopping things when when we don't know what exactly it'll do. But if there's no doors or anything else, we got to check this out. So, I say we we spread out and maybe I and uh I and Travancore have a look at it and see if Wait, we Wait, why not the one with the religion skill? Or all three of us can look at it. I'm just saying uh, w- not all okay how about you and i look at it and, yeah. and everyone else cover us i'll hang back yeah i'm gonna come up close just in case give me some specifics announce jonathan is gonna go right here uh next to the tree okay so jonathan moves up into the the big cavern moves kind of a little bit to the east and gets within five feet of the tree carlton where would you like to be i am 10 feet below the tree uh with the mouth of the cavern behind me so like, go directly ahead and get closer if, to the cavern so. just a little bit just in case that way if, if we do get in trouble you can hurry back but if something like spews acid I, all with, over us five i will back up five feet at okay. jonathan's behest so carlton remains a little bit south of the tree with the entranceway behind him uh travancore where exactly would you and shadow like to be um i want to have shadow move up next to carlton okay but Travancore is going to stay put because everything's well within the range of his arrows. All right. 
Travancore is going to remain in the the entranceway, essentially, from the cavern to the cavern, uh, being able to look out at everything. Bernie, where would you like to be? Bernie would like to find, is there, are, is there a long stick anywhere nearby? You don't see any sticks, but there's enough branches and roots kind of making up the, the walls and the floor of this place that you think you, you might be able to pull something loose if you wanted to. I mean, Bernie, I mean, she can use Kevin, I guess. She just wants something to poke the tree with. Or you could use Kevin, whichever you'd prefer. I'll use Kevin. I'll poke the tree with Kevin. I'm not going to start breaking the floor. Bernie's going to be like a mirror of of Jonathan the Magic Muscular. She's going to be southeast, yeah. All right, Bernie also moves up, is a couple feet away from the tree, is mostly to the east. And where would Bucks like to be? Uh, Bucks is going to be over here uh, on the other side of the uh, the cave mouth, just kind of watching out. If he can find a perch, that's great. Otherwise, he's going to just kind of fly in a circle, kind of like around there. Okay. He can't find a perch. There isn't, there's literally nothing else in this cave that you guys can see besides the, the, the walls, floor, and ceiling, which are all made out of these wet knotted roots and vines and this singular tree um so yeah bernie and jonathan you're now within touching distance of this tree was there anything you wanted to do while you are there uh investigate it see see what i can see sure give me an investigation bernie what would you like to do i mean what does bernie know about rod demons you've already done a whole bunch of checks about that like about when they (sighs) Does it make sense that he would be not in his lair? Ah, uh, you are unsure. I don't think it follows that he wouldn't be here since he's anchored here. I don't think he would wander. Yeah, Bernie, you know he's anchored here. You just are unsure of the distance he is allowed to wander. Like, All right, Bernie, did you? would you like to do some other kind of check? Religious-based poking check. Are you poking the tree while you do this? With like- Kevin, yes. Okay, Jonathan, what was your investigation? Uh, Soft 20. And you're specifically looking at the tree? Specifically looking at the tree, trying to see if there's a a (laughs) portal or like some sort of magical tether that he can detect anything. Because honestly, he's not sure. He doesn't, at this point, with with this tree in this place, he isn't even sure what questions to ask. So he's just trying to take like a general view of it. Sure. As you take a critical eye at this tree, are you actually, like, touching it or digging around, or are you just looking really intently? Uh, he's going to kind of, like, he's going to look really intently, and if he needs to touch something, he's going to use his quarterstaff. Okay. You you take a hard look at this tree. It looks fragile. Definitely looks like the tree's up top. The outer shell of this thing looks a little more burnt and blackened than some of the others. The others look rotted, so they have this weird green tinge to them. You look down towards the ground, which most of this cavern is vines and gnarled roots and moss and this this weird greenish glow from the the moss that is surrounding things and some of the the stuff that is decaying in this area. You do notice that the roots of this tree the immediate area where they dig into the ground, like the immediate foot around this tree, it is soil. It is, from what you can tell, the only soil that you can see. Bernie, what was your religion check? 20 natural plus 8. Ah! Drink! 
Woo! So Bernie would like to know if they're like I think what I re- what Bernie realizes is like Bernie needs to look for the totem, but she's also looking for a way to summon the raw demon here. Okay, as you th- watch Jonathan examining this tree, and he kind of. You see his face change a little bit as he looks down towards the base of it and notices the the ground around it, where everything else in this cave is decrepit natural plant matter, essentially. And you see him give a, huh, and you notice the same thing. And you realize, well, if this is a temple of sorts to Myleki, and if the the warlocks were going to implant something some kind of totem to bind the rot demon to this place that the heart of this forest would be the place to put it and if this tree is the heart of that forest burying it at the base of this tree would make a lot of sense to you if you were doing the same thing to an evil temple that would be the first place you would you would go you'd immediately try to uproot the altar and if this is the altar that's where you would put it. And as you go, as you say this to Jonathan and, and kind of point with Kevin and scrape against the ground where the the dirt is, and it's, it's this dry, brittle dirt. It has no moisture to it. Unlike kind of the shimmering along the walls of this mucus, the, the ground in the immediate area of this tree is practically sand. You hear a voice saying, so you are the heralds of greenest. Uh, do we all hear that or just Bernie? You all hear that. Jonathan the Magimuscular backs the fuck up. From Bernie what? says, From the tree. True, who are you, Perry Mason? I am what you seek. I am the reason you are here. I am your death. And Jonathan, as you manage to nope. to back up a few feet, you do see something walk out from behind the tree that was not there a moment ago. This horrible oh, fuck! Figure, he can fire while cloaked. This horrible figure appears, six or seven feet tall, gaunt, long limbs, long legs, the face of some kind of a uh, skull of a some sort of deer horse with these antlers curling out of it, two large wings scraping against the ground with claws along the edge of them, almost walking on them as as though using them like an ape, but they are they're harpy like they're thin and the the wings are curled and decrepit you're not sure if this thing can actually fly on them or if it is just something aesthetic for this thing it has feet that are bird-like and the talons as they grip into the ground they almost dig in and the the roots and gnarled bits of vines as it touches the ground and digs in blacken and almost turn to ash and as it becomes visible it it moves around a little bit to the side of the tree that bernie is on and, and the hollows of the skull that is its head turn to bernie and bernie you can clearly see the tiniest 
pinpricks of red burning light inside of the skull coming out of the hollows of the eye sockets. They're trained on you. And they say, Orcus delights in those that I bring to its table. And you can all roll initiative. Well, Bernie wants to say something, too. I mean, come on now. You're going to monologue that. Bernie's going to start, like, backing away after he says the thing about, like, the reason why you're here. And she's going to go, now, are we talking about an existential reason why we're all here? Because even my religion hasn't even gotten to cover that one yet. My initiative. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. It's not good. Bernie's, no like, backing though. away. Bernie rolled a shitty initiative. We're all gonna die. <laughs> wow. That's it? That's the end of the game? All right. Y'all are dead. Save everybody listening to this podcast some time. It should, should give you a teaser. I really do want the next character I make in any Dungeons & Dragons game to have her perception based around her belly button itching. My belly, <laughs> My belly button was itching the other day, and I thought, wouldn't it be great if instead of a spidey sense, anytime something important was around, your belly button just itched. The fact that you're <laughs> workshopping another character just shows how <laughs> how unbridled your optimism is. I love it. No, I just thought about that. I thought about how great it would be if every time you rolled a perception check, it was like, is your belly button itchy? Bernie wants to see if her belly buttons. Like, I wish I could retcon that, but I Magic just think I gotta save it. <laughs> I mean, in all fairness, it. it just means she's loving D&D more. Because, uh, like, I have a book of different characters, you know, and I'm constantly workshopping new ones just because I love making characters. Yeah, Nothing wrong true. with making a new character. I like the idea of a character that's just like, I maybe I don't even care. It's just like they're just like scratching their belly button, and then suddenly they know things about the world. Like, I what will a great! Say this. If I if I do die, the next character I make will not be orc, so I do not have to put on that goddamn makeup every year. At the I like panel. that makeup. Your makeup artist is incredibly it takes so talented. Long. All right. And my skin always breaks out. We we don't get to talk about new characters until we know what has happened to the old. I don't want a new character. I just want belly button itching perception checks. Yeah, and we don't get to talk about death until you guys fight for your life. Jonathan, what's your initiative? Uh, six. And Bucks? Uh, well, he also rolled a four and is going to get a uh, five. All right. Carlton? Nine. God, you guys, Travancore. I know. 22. Thank oh, you. Shadow. Bless Bay. Four. Oh, Bernie. Eight. All right. Travancore, as you hear. Wait, the tree gets initiative? Kind of. Although you don't know that. Travancore, as this thing appears, which can only be the demon you guys have been searching for, as it announces that it is going to kill you and bring you to Orcus, you get to go first. What would you like to do? Since I, as a player, am not ready to roll for the character sheet for Kenny Baggins Jr., (laughs) I'm charging my flare bow. I'm casting Hunter's Mark on this guy. I'm going after him with one of my arrows, and I get an advantage with that one. Will a 26 hit this fellow? Yes, it will. So the arrow is going to do 8 damage plus 6. Nice. Max damage on the uh, on the flaming. And then additional 6. Nice on the hunter's mark. 20 damage. 20 damage total. Nice. Your arrow lights up this dim cave as it sinks into the, the 
bony side of this thing, which laughs and coughs. And as it coughs, kind of this weird bit of green gas comes out of its mouth. Um, and the arrow flares and leaves a burnt mark on its side. Anything else? I, I step back five feet and end my turn. All right. As you move back a little bit more, the ground below all of you tremors just a little tiny bit. And then you hear this squishy <coughs> noise out of the the vines and the roots that are embedded in this this cave. And as you all look down, you can see that coming from the ground, squishing its way through all of the twists and turns of these knotted roots and vines, small black leeches move their way oh, up. Oh my god. And start to attach themselves to all of you. I need everybody to make a constitution saving throw. Can it be Dex to get out of the way? I'm better at the. Well, I mean, I'm good at Considering combat, the ground has just turned to leeches, there is no place to go. Oh! Oh, Bernie! Like everybody drink! drink. I feel like I'm nice. gonna regret that natural 20. Constitution saving throw, Bernie. Can I make a request? Since I got a nat 20 plus 2. Can I make a request that the leeches do actually attach themselves onto me, but when they try to drink, they realize they're like just thrown off? By by the holiness of of me as a as a human being that is a vessel of the goddess Queen Bay. Sure, as they try to attach to you, you actually see the leeches that manage to start to attach and go to to suck your blood from you. They burn off in holy light. And Bernie says, "Not today, Satan." Does your blood taste like lemonade? Yes, it does, but that's for a conversation for another day. Uh, 10. Uh, that is a failure, Carlton. Uh, 15. That is a failure, Shadow. Ah, damn it! 14. That is a failure. Bucks is flying about, so he actually does not need to make this save. Thank God. Because leeches can't fly. The little wings. In my head, they've got, like, little wings, and they got their little teeth, and they're like... Also, Travancore, I'm sorry. Travancore. I probably shouldn't have said anything. (laughs) 16. Uh, You save. Nice. Why would you you say you shouldn't have said anything, and then you roll a fucking 16? That's fine. I don't know. I feel like I kind of got in the way, (laughs) scot-free. Those of you who fail, four leeches manage to attach themselves to your body, and you feel them uh, suck some of the life out of you. You each take four points of necrotic damage, and that was three of you who failed? Jonathan, Carlton, and Shadow? Yep. Yep. Uh, Bernie, as you are closest to the rot demon, you could swear that some of the damage it just took from this arrow seems to heal itself. Oh, shit. Who is taking the four points? Um, Jonathan, Carlton, and Shadow are all taking four points of necrotic damage, and you currently have leeches attached to you. And then it is the rot demon's turn. Can I taunt him? On your turn, you absolutely can, but it is not your turn. So it flaps its decrepit wings. It only gets about five feet off the ground for the moment, and it swoops around. So it kind of swoops around behind you, between where most of you are and Travancore is. He points to you, Carlton, and says uh, dark words under its breath, and a black beam of energy shoots out from its hand and hits you. 
Um, well, let's actually see if it hits you. Uh, 16 versus AC? Will miss. All right. It misses you. So yeah, you manage to just barely duck out of the way, and it is done. Carlton, it is your turn. Okay, my turn. Um, Rage, because fuck this guy. He's try- He comes into my house, and he's like, fuck your couch. Okay. Uh, and so I'm going to make a couple attacks at him. Sure. Uh, so the halberd's coming at him. All right. Uh, that's an 18 to hit. That does hit. It's going to be 11 magical slashing and one necrotic. Okay. All right. Anything and else? And then, uh, yeah, I get to do this more than once per turn. So coming at him again. Okay. Ugh, I don't think a 10 will hit, will it? No, 10 doesn't hit. So you're, you're using the halberd? The yeah. halberd? Sorry, you're using the halberd. So yeah, you, you slash out at this thing 10 feet away and nail it. And then when you try to come around for a secondary attack, it ducks under your attack. All right, that will be actually, do I want to go ahead and frenzy while I'm at it? You know what, let's, as a, at the, oh, I can't do it this turn because I, I bonus action raged. Next time, next time I'm going to go into a frenzy. Okay, Bernie, it's your turn. Okay, Bernie is going to cast Bless. Okay. She's going to cast it on, I think herself, Jonathan, and Travancore. Okay. And then, as a bonus action, she's going to cast Spiritual Weapon. All right. Where would you like to put Chester the Destroyer? Chester the Destroyer is going right up next to this rod demon, man. Okay. To the south, to the east, to the west, or to the north? If if it's to the south of the rod demon, does it have flanking? No. But if Carlton was to move within five feet of it, it would. Okay. But it'll just Do be I like- have flanking because of reach? Uh, no. You have to be within five feet of it. What form does Chester the Destroyer take? Okay, so I've been thinking about this, and <laughs> I think it's going to take the form of a can of Lysol disinfectant. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon or pine-scented? Lemon-scented. Come on, do you need I to well, It's lemon for I, bay, I fig- pine for the forest. So. I, thought, yeah. I thought I'd offer. Okay, so lemon-scented uh, Lysol appears a giant can like the size of you bernie and go ahead and roll your attack natural 20 very nice plus eight slancha clearly spray all over this demon of rot and it screeches as it takes force damage go ahead and roll so you'll be getting you'll be able to roll your damage die twice and then add your modifier okay nine plus five is 14 14 yeah, you spray this thing down and kill a bunch of germs, and it is it screeches at the spiritual weapon. Anything else? Um, I want I she kind of wants to move a little closer to to make a little nice triangle with Carlton and the bear. Okay, how many feet closer would you like to move? Five feet. You move five feet closer. At the end of your turn, this thing is going to use one of its legendary actions. Oh, fun. Fun times. Mm-hmm. Fun times were had by all that day. It I is... didn't realize he was part pie. Oh, they're all part pie. <laughs> Ew, except he throws mucus instead of whipped cream, which is so gross. It is going to use one of its legendary actions to uh, disengage. And it is going to fly to the west and glare at you. It's still kind of hovering five feet off the ground. And that ends 
It's a legendary action. Jonathan, it's your turn. All right. Uh, Jonathan is going to move past uh, Carlton and end up right over here. All right. So you move 30 feet away from this thing. Oh, yeah. And as he passes Carlton, so Jonathan gets right here, casts some arcane words, and say, Carltonus Maximus Fastimus. And, uh, and cast haste on oh, Carlton. Boy. Haste. Haste. Oh, Jonathan. Haste, oh, haste. Haste. Jonathan. Yo. What level is haste? Three. Um, you hear the rot demon reach its hand out to you and say, Fuck <laughs> him! And as you cast haste, your spell fizzles and dies as he counterspells it. Oh, Ooh. it's fucking on now. Counter is counter. Counter is counter. I Can, can you, you do, do that? that? Is that a thing? Yeah, it's you your reaction. You are currently casting a spell right. that is being it's countered. It's my reaction, but I don't get reactions on my turn. You don't. And also, you're casting a spell. Now, if someone else wanted to counter as counter, I would allow that. But can I do that? Do you have you magics? Don't have, you don't have, you have counter, counter spell. spell. It's oh. an actual uh, spell. and so I just thought you had to have the magics. Nope, it is an actual spell. He reaches out, and Jonathan, as as you expend your spell slot and release your magic, he cuts it off at the source and nothing happens. Fuck uh. him. I'm gonna, oh, I, I am well and truly angry now. Actually, Bernie I thinks was like, the oh, reason boy, this oh, happened boy. is because he didn't pissed. use the proper Latin words and she can't find her one copy of a thousand and one Latin words. No, Bernie, no, 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 no. This, there's, no there's no Jonathan is an idiot in this case or anything like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, 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 I'm hot. I am hot, and I am going to fuck this thing up. All right. Is there anything else you would like to do? That was your action. That was your movement. Is there anything you want to do as a bonus action? Nope. All right. Uh, It is Bux's turn. Uh, Bux is going to kind of mirror my movements and fly this way. Okay. He hugs the wall a little bit, staying a few feet off the ground and a few feet away from the wall, I'm assuming, and flies to the north. And he's going to watch out for anything else that is going to enter the battle. Okay. Then I need him to make a perception check. All right. Gets two of these. Uh, 19. Does not see anything else. I mean, you guys, there's a couple of you who still have leeches attached to your body, but otherwise he doesn't see anything else. Is there, is there, if I have still have leeches on my body, is there anything I can do to just kind of flick them off? Like, yeah. There will be a moment in when you can. Shadow, it's your turn. All right, Shadow, um, just just all rage at this point, and he uh, is. The, the rot demon's only hovering five feet off the ground, right? At the moment, he is only five feet off the ground. So it's time for the amazing flying shadow to charge this uh, rot demon and uh, try and bite him right in the ch- middle of his chest. All right, go fire bear, and I slap Shadow on the ass as he runs past me. <laughs> so will a seventeen hit this guy? Seventeen will hit. Nice. Is this all a right, bite or a let's claw? Bite this fellow. Bite. It's going to be a bite. Five darnage. All right. Yeah, he sinks his teeth into um, this demon. It doesn't seem to do a ton of damage, but he does manage to pull away with a little bit of dried flesh. Nice. Nice. Anything else? Yeah, that's it for Shadow. All right, Travancore, it's your turn. All right. Well, I have Bless, so that'll help me here. He's going to use the other to flare, charge the flare bow once again. Okay. And he's still 100 marked this fellow. So let's see. Plus the bless. Not that I need it. Uh, for reference, that's twenty nine. Oh yeah, that definitely hits. Rad. All right. So regular damage first. It it sinks in just above the hip bone and kind of 
pokes out the other side and in a spray of green and um, red mucus and blood. My favorites. All right. So six uh, from the arrow itself, uh, five flaming, one um, from the hunter's mark. So that's going to be 12 total. All right. Anything else? Uh, well, Shadow's right there. <laughs> so he is. He's, uh, I don't know if he has to jump again to hit this guy, but uh, this time he's going to go for a claw. Now, five feet up, he, he can still slash at this thing. Nice. All right. I'm guessing a nine's not going to do it, though. No, sadly not. It dodges out of the way. Those of you with leeches still on your body, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. And don't forget, Jonathan and Travancore, you get to add a d4. Okay, Travancore has no leeches, but... um. No, I believe it's uh Carlton... Carlton, Shadow, and Jonathan. Okay. Damn, I should have... Carlton? Uh, I got a 10. No, you're with not able... plus seven con. You're not able to shake these leeches off. You take four necrotic damage. Jonathan? With my natural 20... Drink. Drink. Uh, I get a 26. You flick those leeches off and they are gone. And Shadow? Seven. Uh, now Shadow is, is too busy trying to claw and bite at this thing. Can't get the leeches off. He's going to take four necrotic damage. And you can, you can almost see the, the wound that your arrow just left seems to heal up a little bit. And then, so as you guys kind of deal with these leeches and, uh, some of you are managed to get them off. Some of you are still suffering from from these horrible things. The ground shifts again, but this time green gas rises in a thick fog that fills the cavern. It's not poisonous. None of you start coughing or anything, but it is thick and opaque and none of you can really see through it. The entire cavern is now considered heavily obscured. Which means all of your attacks are at disadvantage because some of you can't even see this thing anymore. It is its turn. It is going to, with its beak, try to bite Shadow. That's a 18 versus AC. That'll that'll do it. Okay, he's going to do a 10 piercing damage, and I need Shadow to make a Constitution saving throw. Ah, well. Three. Ugh. As this thing bites into shadow, kind of, you know, tat for tat, bite for bite, the the piercing does a lot of damage, but then uh, disease kind of seeps into his wounds. Shadow's going to take six necrotic damage, and he's considered diseased. He'll get a chance to uh, save at the end of his turn. Um, this thing is then going to use one of its legendary actions to disengage and fly to there. He's still only hovering about five feet off the ground, and he is once again going to reach out a clawed hand, grasping towards Carlton, um, trying to, uh, saying arcane words under his breath, and Carlton, Hold I need on. you to make- Hold yes. on, counterspell. Okay. Yeah, he says a couple of things and tries to cast this spell and it fails. Ha ha! Fuck you! <laughs> yeah! Thanks, bald buddy. He glances over at you, Jonathan. And I, I like And coughs my, in your direction. I light both my middle fingers on fire with my, uh, 
with little bits of firebolts and go, yeah. Okay. Uh, he is done. Carlton, it's your turn. Uh, was I able to see or sense which way he moved by like seeing the gas maybe kind of float out of the way? Uh, he's cons- as he was flying through. Yeah, he's considered heavily obscured, so you can see him and you can move towards him and everything. Uh, it's just all attacks towards him. Uh, anything that requires sight is going to be at disadvantage. All right, so I'm gonna move there. Okay. And so even at five feet, I'll be at disadvantage, right? Oh yes. In that case. Uh, my bonus action, I am going to frenzy, so I get that extra attack. Okay. And then, let me see if this requires... Okay, I don't need to use an action or bonus. I'm going to go reckless to offset that. Okay. Alright, uh, so... So you even get disadvantage when you're right up on him? Oh yeah, the entire area is thick with smoke, and so... That's going to miss. What did you roll? It was a 10. Yeah, it's, you're still... Alright, a 19 to hit? That will hit. Alright, that's going to be... 10 slashing and 4 necrotic. Okay. And then the last, the frenzied attack, uh, that'll hit as well with a 24. Yep. And that'll do 13 slashing and 4 necrotic. All right. Do I notice if the necrotic is doing as much as I hope it does? Uh, Since it's still your turn, I'll let you go ahead and roll a perception check, which you are at uh, negative 2 for. Uh, That'll be a 16 after the debuff. Uh, There's something about this necrotic that doesn't seem to be working the way you expect. You're not quite sure. It's definitely not taking necrotic damage. It is absolutely. But there's something else going on. Anything else? Do I notice when I hit him if his arrow wounds heal (laughs) with that 16? You do notice that he does seem to not take nearly as much damage as you expect beyond the fact that he's taking zero necrotic damage. The necrotic doesn't even seem to be showing up. Okay, so I'm doing less damage with a magical weapon and no necrotic. Okay. All right. Uh, at the end of your turn, unless there was anything else you wanted to do. No. Okay. I want to. At the end of your turn, here. you slash into it a couple of times. It takes the blows. You see your halberd doing some damage a couple of feathers come off of one of its wings you slice it upside the back and it seems to at the end of your assault ignore you and turn back to jonathan and jonathan as it's i need you to make a constitution saving throw don't forget your aid don't forget your aid uh bless my bless you're blessed you're saying okay well i can't counter this because I've already used my reaction, so let's hope for the best. Uh, 12 and my con is actually pretty good. 15. Okay. You see this thing um, reaching its hand out towards you, and um, even through the, the thick fog, this green fog, you can see this wave of force emanating from it. And as it hits you, you go completely blind. You are currently didn't save? blinded. Okay. Yeah. And that is the end of one of its legendary actions. Bernie, it is your turn. Uh, Bernie's going to run up to the bear. Okay. And touch it on the butt. Okay. And cast healing word. Healing word doesn't require touch. Oh, wait, was it? No, Cure Wounds, Cure Wounds, sorry. I was looking at the one. Cure Wounds, 1d8 plus my spellcasting ability modifier. And then I actually heal myself by casting that. That's the thing I had not realized I did. Okay. He gets, he gets six health, which is still good. 
because this bear was going to die soon. So now you're back up to 18, Shadow. You're welcome. How, uh. where is this rod demon? Can my, can Chester get to the rod demon? His movement is 30 feet? Should be. Chester cannot move next to the rod demon this round. He can move 30 feet you towards it. You know what, though? Here's the thing. That rod demon keeps him moving. Maybe would you would like to Chester, not move it? Chester would like to move to a more central area. Yeah, I was about to say, like, maybe by the tree or something. By the tree. Yeah. Right. Chester moves about 10 feet south of the tree and uh, obediently your spray can of Lysol waits. Anything else? I think that's all I can do this round. All right, Jonathan, it's your wait, turn. Wait, can I do, wait, 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 wait. Can I do a check? What would you like to check? Does the rot demon qualify as undead? Uh, roll a nature check. Why is it going to be nature? Why can't it be religion? Because uh, you are trying to discern the nature of something, not the religion of something. But nature, oh, well, that was a six. Bernie knows nothing about this rot demon's true nature. You Going back to the philosophical discussion of earlier. Yeah, you don't know. Uh, Jonathan, you are blind. Jonathan the Magimuscular wants to put a scorching, a, uh, a flaming sphere next to the rot demon. Can Bucks help him figure out where to put it? Like, just so that it's around him. It doesn't have to be in a particular spot, just one of the squares around him, and also, sorry. You can see through your familiar's eyes, yes, can't you? Yes, but I'd say, I'd say you could if you held your action until Bucks's turn, and then Bucks could, because he has sight on this thing, you do not, and so it, it's a small weight because Bucks is next, so right, if you right. wanted to hold your action... Until Bucks's turn, as soon as Bucks sees this thing at the top of at the beginning of his round, you could then do your action. Okay. I was gonna say, so you would ha- you could still do a bonus action in your movement right now, and then hold your action until Bucks can see this thing. Uh, it's kind of pointless to move since I don't know my what I was going to do would require my movement, but uh, but this won't. I guess I'll just move a little bit, uh, kind of stumble towards the tree. Jonathan moves 10 feet closer in the direction of the tree that he, he kind of knows it's in. He's going to be like, he's actually going to say, so people hear him. He's like, I'm blind. Bucks, uh, guide my spell. And he's going to do exactly that. He's going to hold his flaming sphere until Bucks tells him where to put it. Okay. Uh, you hold your action. Bucks goes. You use your connection to be able to cast the flaming sphere. I'll even let you position it with advantage. You will still get uh, disadvantage on the attack because you are the one that are attacking and you're blind. But he's able to help you put it into advan- into flanking so it cancels each other out. Excellent. So if you would and like you also to have your bless. So you got a plus D4. Well, I, I don't. This doesn't make an attack it the, and one of the reasons why i did this as blind was because it is a save and the dc 16 and i believe it's dex but i'm any creature within five feet of the sphere must make a dexterity saving throw so can it and this uh spiritual weapon occupy the same space no okay so let's put it let's put it over here spiritual weapons not anywhere near it right but it could be okay oh, that's true that's true all right. Um, with a eleven, it fails at save. Excellent. It's Actually, take... oh wait, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Oh, legendary resistance. Nope. Uh, but it's still gonna fail. Okay, go ahead. Magic advantage. Magic right. resistance. Yeah. All you, right. You don't know. You don't know anything except that it fails. I'm sorry. Uh, all right. That's gonna be eight fire damage. Okay. It burns the side of this thing. Uh, anything else? 
So how well did that work? Does Jonathan the Magimuscular feel like he could put other spells, like attack spells, with the same sort of accuracy? You can't see this thing, so you don't know. Right, but I, I used, we used the mechanism of Bucks helping me. So what I want to do is judge, okay, how well did that work? And if it would be worth trying the the attack, like an attack spell, like a Scorching Ray or something like that. Uh, he could help you place it, but he could not help you with attacks. So you got the sense that because um, that if you had to actually do the attack because you have to make the attack roll, you'd still be at disadvantage. Okay. If that tells you what you want to know, you're still at disadvantage for attacks. Bucks basically made it possible for you to place this thing within this uh, uh, an area. Sounds, that's exactly what I want to know. All right. Anything else? That is it. Okay, I need you to make a constitution saving throw to try to end the blindness. Uh, that's going to be lower than the initial save, so that's yeah. going to be 14. You are sadly still blind. Okay, so you're finished. It is now Bucks's turn, because it was just basically the start of his turn when all of this happened. So what would Bucks like to do? Uh, Bucks is going to continue kind of winging around uh, the same direction as he was going. So he's going to try and go to right there. All right, so Bucks continues to move northeast. Anything yes. else? That is it. Okay. At the end of Bucks's turn, the Rot Demon is going to use another one of its legendary actions to uh, attack Carlton with its beak. Uh, but I don't think a 15 hits Carlton. It does not. Okay. Uh, Shadow, it's your turn. All right. Up until a second ago, Shadow, in full-on rage mode, was ready to throw his life away trying to take this thing down. But Bernie healing it made him think and change for a second. Uh, so instead... Shadow's actually going to run up to the uh, the big tree right in front of it and start digging. Okay, have Shadow make a wisdom saving throw. Oh, no. Oh, no. I believe in you, bear buddy. 21. Nice. Okay. He thinks about moving up to the tree. He, what he really wants to do is move up next to this horrible thing, at, even though he'll get burned by the fire. That's all he really wants. But he manages to make himself go towards the tree anyway. And you said he's going to start digging? Yeah. Okay. I'll go ahead and... Well, that's going to be his action. Um, He'll just start digging into the ground at the base of this tree? Yeah. All right. Travancore, it's the top of the round and it's your turn. What would you like to do? All right. I, I, as I understand it, the cloud is still around, so it's a uh, heavily obscured area cavern still? Uh, yes. Still have disadvantage on all of your attacks. But I'll add my bless to the lower um, roll. Yes. It's going to be a 16. That hits. Sweet. And this guy is still Hunter's Mark, but unfortunately no more flaming, no more flare bow, or no more flare bow charges, I should say. Oh, nice. Max damage on the uh, the arrow. So 12 plus, oh, but then minimum damage on the uh, Hunter's Mark. So 13. 13 damage. Your, your arrows continue to seek out and destroy this thing. Uh, what else would you like to do? Travancore is going to painfully move up 20 feet. All right. You very slowly move towards the tree, uh, 20 feet, moving a little closer into the cave. Anything else? That'll be it. Oh, hold on. Shadow. Oh, Shadow gets a reaction, but I don't know if digging more would count as a reaction or not. It's no, an that's an action. That's, that's, uh, that's a full action to dig. All right. Okay. Well, then I'm done. At the end of your turn, the cloud of green gas in the area finally dissipates, leaving uh, most of you able to see again. Jonathan is still blind. 
um, those of you who still have leeches on you, which I believe is Jonathan and Shadow, I need you to roll constitution saving throws. Uh, and Carlton, but I roll a natural 20. Wait, so my, my 26 Drink. earlier didn't save? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Carlton and Shadow. Jonathan saved. Yes. So, yes. Jonathan, you're fine. Carlton, you you do manage to, in between fighting with this thing, pick off the, the final couple of leeches. Uh, what did Shadow roll? 13. Basically, as I'm swinging around, I'm bringing the halberd like, and, like, shaving them off of me with that natural 20. Yeah, Shadow, Shadow unfortunately, still has leeches on him. He's going to take four necrotic damage. And then it is the rot demon's turn. Uh, at the start of its turn, it's going to take some of that fire damage because it's next to the the flaming sphere. DC 16 save. Nope, he fails. Yes. Makes me happy. Uh, 10 more damage. Nice. He is going to disengage and fly. He's going to fly to there. He's still only about five feet off the ground, uh, but he is flying. Jonathan, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Is this another spell? Uh, this is another spell. Uh, counter it. Uh, must you be able to see the, the being to counter it? I think I just have to hear the ca- spell being cast, but let me see. Why don't you check that? Because that's, that's what I'm checking. Looks like this uh, shot of fireball is gonna gonna go on drunk. Come soon. No, that was that's gonna be my last third level spell if if I do indeed get this off. Casting time one reaction, which you take when you see a creature within sixty feet of you casting a spell. So looks like looks like I don't get to counter it. You do not get to counter it. You see a creature. Yeah. So you sadly do not see it. So you said con save. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. All right. Let's. Woo. That is a 19. Okay. Nice. You are still going to take some damage, but you do manage to save for half. What did he hit? What did he hit me with? Uh, You're going to take. It would be eight poison damage, but you're only going to take four. All right. And it looks like you are not poisoned because you were able to save. At the end of its turn. It is going to use a legendary action. How many legendary actions does this fucking thing have? Several around. Yep, and he gets them back at the beginning of the round. How many can he use per turn? Uh, you don't know. <laughs> you jackass. You, you're worse than the pie. Actually, yes. <laughs> he, he is definitely, definitely worse than the pie. We could at least eat the pie. I don't want to eat this guy when we're done killing him. Okay, this thing is going to, so at the end of its turn, or the last thing it's going to do is going to finish its movement, swoop forward, and is going to attack Jonathan. It's going to reach out with a clawed hand, and it's going to say some words under its breath. Uh, 15 versus AC. Fuck, that does hit. Okay, it reaches out with a clawed hand, and it kind of brushes you. It doesn't even really hurt you, but necrotic energy seeps into your wounds. You take 15 necrotic damage. Ow. Then it is done. Carlton, it's your turn. Uh, can I move behind the tree like it did? Uh, yeah, I think you've got enough. What's your, your movement? 40. So to get in flanking, if I go behind the tree like it did, yeah. it's 35 there. Yep, you can move okay. as a flanking. I just want to make it. sure. Um, you do not get advantage with Jonathan because he is currently blinded. <sighs> Fine. Reckless. Okay. Just, it's okay. It's okay that he's blind. I'll smack the sight back into him if I have to. All right. I mean, I love you. Wow. Uh, 
What'd you hit? I rolled a one and a two. No, I rolled a one and a two with advantage. Oh. Uh, so that's the first swing. No. Nope. Second swing. That obviously misses. Oh, a 24. Yes, that hits. 15 slashing and two necrotic. Okay. And then the frenzied attack will hit with a soft 20. Okay. A le- 16 slashing and two necrotic as well. Yeah, you continue to slash into this thing, just wailing away at it, at its wings, at its feet, at its uh, the its back. You miss the first one, but the rest of it sinks on in. It still doesn't seem to be taking nearly as much damage as you hoped, but it is taking damage. Anything else? Uh, that's what I can do, because I use my bonus to use that third attack. Okay, Bernie, it's your turn. Okay. Oh, good. This has some range. Bernie is going to cast Guiding Bolt. Okay. And so though I don't have disadvantage or anything, right? Nope, the cloud has cleared at this point, so you can see it. And my spell attack Jonathan's like, I can use some help with this blindness. Yeah, well, calm down, friendo. It'll be okay. I could do so many attacks on on him with advantage if I can see. Okay, are are you going to be whining about, like, would you like me to change what I'm doing? Uh, It's up to you. You do what you do. Like, I don't know, like, let me see what I've got. Should just cast actual blindness on you. Double blind doesn't make him be able to see again, though. <laughs> I know, but it Two makes Two blinds me... don't make a seeing person. <laughs> exactly. Bernie's gonna remove curse. Uh... Bernie, you would know this is not a curse. Oh, well, fuck. Well, no, then Bernie's not gonna do anything. Blinded, I I believe... A lesser restoration. Uh, lesser lesser is... restoration would do it. Okay, let me see if I got lesser restoration in the actual book. Or if somebody wants to look it up, what level is it? Second, uh, you touch a creature and either and end either one disease or one condition afflicting it. The condition can be blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. Bernie's gonna walk up to him and sigh and touch him and cast that. Woo! So she smacked the blindness out of you. <laughs> do you. Do you want to be directly to the west of him so that you are as far away from the rot demon as possible, or do yes. you want to be within? Okay. Yeah, he's not blind anymore. It's fine. As a bonus action, Chester is gonna attack. All right, Chester will move on up next to Jonathan and make an attack. Can we move Chester into flanking? Now that Jonathan can see, he can grant advantage, and so that's fine. Where he, You can move him anywhere and he'll have advantage. Where would you like him? Oh, let's make a nice little like triangle. He can be underneath the demon. Sure. So it's a 24 hit. 24 hits. Woo. That's 12. Nice. Okay. That's 12 force damage. It's starting to look a bit hurt. Its its wings are sagging a little bit. It's still like five feet off the ground, but they they that hit interrupts it for a moment. Anything else? No, Ber- well, Bernie. Hmm. Yeah, Bernie's cool where she is. Okay. At the end of your turn, it is going to use another one of its legendary actions. It is going to try to attack Jonathan with its beak. Uh, it's going to be a twenty-one to hit. You rolled my AC, so. Okay. It's going to do 11 piercing damage, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. All right. 20! Bring this is how we do plus. it. This is how we do it. Oh, wow. Maximum saving. Maximum constitution. <laughs> Maximum con save. It bites into you with its sharp beak, leaving a gash on your shoulder. Uh, but as you feel the necrotic forces try to sink into your skin, you shrug them off. And it is your turn. All right. Well, we're going to first, as a bonus action, move the flaming sphere to about right here. We're going to do the same strategy as uh, 
as the spiritual weapon. So get in position to for where he moves next. And then Jonathan the Magimuscular being able to see his fists alight with fire and he throws punches in the form of scorching rays. What level spell is that? That is a second level spell. Uh, he reaches out with his hands and almost basically douses your flame as that he casts is, counter spell. That's fine. If he wants to use a counter spell for a second level spell, that is okay. Yeah, uh, he, he's going to counter that. And so you use your spell slot, but he stops you from casting that spell. Yep. I have plenty of third le- or second level spells left. Uh, and then Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to grin at it and be like, I know you don't have very many, many more of those left. And, uh, and that's his turn. Bucks is going to continue to, uh, kind of fly around the arena. Okay. Same direction he's been going in. Sure. It is Shadow's turn. Shadow is currently diseased. He's going to take, he's going to take seven necrotic damage. He can make a save against that at the end of his turn. But what would he like to do in the meanwhile? All right, having dug and not really gotten anything and seeing his friends hurt and knowing that he's hurt himself, Shadow is going to furiously launch and get into super conga flanking with the with the rot demon and wait, he's going to Wait, did he dig a little bit and not find anything like He dug he spent his whole action last time digging and he got a, a pretty big hole in the dirt. Um did he I would say as a bonus action if he did want to take a quick look I would need another wisdom saving throw. Okay. As the tree drives him mad. It's not the tree. Luckily Shadow's a pretty wise berry. 16. Okay. The the rage that he's been feeling since this morning that is driving him towards just throwing himself at the rot demon, he once again manages to control it just long enough to take a look into the hole that he has dug. Uh, go ahead and as a bonus action, he can roll an investigation check. Detective Shadow Investigate. <laughs> I imagine that from his bare hammer space, he pulls a magnifying glass and a deerstalker cap. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, He's man. got his little bear marsupial pocket. Oh, 15. Oh, nice. <laughs> Wait, with a That's minus with four. A minus That's four. with a minus four. That's amazing. That is, that is amazing. That is absolutely incredible. And so when he looks down, basically he stops digging long enough to look down. He knows he is going to charge this rot demon and attack it with all of his power. But he does look down and for a moment he thinks he sees part of a white skull sticking out of the ground where he was digging. (gasps) Oh, man. Oh, boy. And then he's going to charge towards the rot demon. Where would he like to go? Um, well, there's one more spot open, uh, like, uh, just above the rot demon. All right. And what's he gonna do? Bite. Okay. And he's got advantage, so, uh, 18. That hits. Sweet. Go ahead and roll damage. As, as Shadow is doing this, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular points at last, like, hey, bro, you know what you can't counterspell? Bear damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and max bear damage, too. Eight. Max bear damage. All but you know right. what's going to happen is he's going to turn around and kill your bear. Or he can Sorry. kill me. I'm only at 11 hit points. All right. That is the end of Shadow's turn. It is Travancore's turn. What would you like to do? All right. Travancore is going to stick to arrows because arrows are what work. Okay. And this guy is still Hunter's Marked, so hopefully he's able. And he's going to add Bless to this one after the end of the roll because Bless is still in effect, right? 
Yeah. All right. It's like an hour or something. Well, that's going to be a 20. Soft. That will definitely hit. It's going to do nine piercing plus five from the hunter's mark, so 14 total. Once again, you are turning this thing into a pin cushion, and it is starting to look a little rough. Anything else? And Sh- Shadow's going to use his reaction, which might be the last thing he ever does. Hopefully not. And he's going to bite this fellow again. And okay. I think he has advantage for his attack still, so... He does. Ooh, 13. 13 does not hit. He- wow, seriously? Uh, the two tens on advantage? He that sucks. the exact same thing, yeah. No, he misses, unfortunately. Anything else? Better than a one and two. Uh, that's it. Okay. Shadow still has leeches on him, I believe? Yeah. I need him to make a constitution saving throw. Got it. Eight. Uh, he takes four necrotic damage as the leeches continue to suck the life out of him. Man, those things suck. Too soon. I hate you. I hate you so much. And then the slick ground under you roils a little bit and the wet tendrils that had covered a lot of the floor some of the ceiling reach down and around and surround you and are going to try to reach out and grab you who bucks manages to escape because he is still flying and obviously the spiritual weapon and the the flaming sphere aren't hit but everybody on the ground i need to we'll do one attack for everybody is this a spell no this is not damn uh it's a 22 versus ac on all of you which i think hits everybody yep okay everybody takes 10 bludgeoning damage okay Okay, that takes shadow all the way down and your bear's dead. Yep. He, well, he's unconscious. Unconscious, yeah. He's unconscious for the moment. Uh, you do notice the leeches do not leave his body and continue to suck. As the ground rises up and bludgeons you with these sticky, horrible tendrils and do all of this damage and Shadow falls unconscious, it is the Rot Demon's turn. The Rot Demon raises both of its claws and sp- Spins them around him and says, Is that and a spell? That is a spell. Uh, counter it. Okay. Uh, you counter it and stop it. Because that was only a second level spell. He is going to disengage and fly straight up into the air 40 feet. So he just moves straight up into the air. Um, and because he is disengaging, he does not take any attacks of opportunity, and he is done. Carlton, it is your turn. All right, and he said he's 40 feet in the air? He's 40 feet in the air. Uh, I'm gonna throw some, uh, hand axes at him. Okay. Uh, 12 will miss. 12 will miss. Second axe will miss with a 10. That will miss. I'm not good at this, guys. And the last axe, uh, 13. That will miss. I'm not good at range, guys. Foop, foop, foop. You're, you kind of, uh, after being bludgeoned by these slimy, mucusy-filled uh, tendrils from the earth, you're a little disgusted, and all three of them miss. Anything else? I saw somebody do this at a circus once, and I thought I could do it, but apparently I can't juggle axes. Anything uh, else? That's, so he just flew straight up. He didn't fly up into the left or any? He flew straight up 40 feet into the air. All right. I'm good. Okay. At the end of your turn... It is going to use one of its legendary actions, and it is once again going to point at Jonathan and say some harsh words under his breath as a green ray of sickness comes out towards you. However, I do not think that's going to hit, because he only rolled a five. 
Uh, 12 versus AC, I don't think hits. Uh, it bounces off my shield. Okay. Yeah, you just manage. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, it's just, it's a hit. It doesn't take half damage. So yeah, he tries to hit you with this ray of sickness and fails. Bernie, it's your turn. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. I'm trying to think what I would do and what Bernie would do in this situation. I think Bernie would heal Jonathan. It's a good call. Well, then you should do what and Bernie then- would do. And then she would save Spare the Dying for her next turn. Bernie's going to cast Cure Wounds at third level. Whoa. Whoa. You are almost <laughs> dead. I'm just, I mean, this is impressive magics here. Bernie, as you say those words. Oh, no. And reach out to give Jonathan healing. You hear the rot demon above you laugh and say a few arcane words. And your spell fizzles and dies. Damn it. I guess he wasn't out of those. As a bonus action, Chester's going to go attack. Can he move straight up? Yeah, it's a floating whatever the fuck. There's no limitations. Yeah, I think spiritual weapon can, but my flaming sphere cannot. Okay. He moves straight up and go ahead and make an attack. It's an 11. This is going poorly. Sadly, no, that misses. Would you like to move or do anything else? I mean, no, because I'm going to need to spare Jonathan from dying soon unless he's going to use... We Do we have any health potions? Well, Jonathan, it's your turn. What would you like to do? I'm going to pop the only health potion on my sheet and chug it. All right. I've never, I've never thought to buy anymore, but here we go. I know what we're doing when we get back to town. Yeah, so Jonathan is going to actually disengage from the rest of the group. So he's going to move like, so he's going to keep moving to right here just to kind of spread out. So he moves to the west. Basically, all of his movement gets out of the clump and chugs a potion of healing, which I believe is 2d4 plus two. Uh, So seven. So he has eight points at the moment. Don't know why you walked away from me because I'm going to still need to heal you. Well, I'm trying. If he blasts us all, then it's not going to matter. What's Bucks going to do? Bucks is going to uh, descend to where where he's 15 feet off the ground and continue flying this way. All right. Shadow needs to make a death saving throw. Ooh, well, 12. Uh, That is one success. Uh, Travancore, it is your turn. All right. Seeing Shadow go down, but realizing that the Rot Demon is the the existential threat, uh, Travancore focuses and continue grits himself and continues to, you know, realizes arrows can fly anywhere, tilts his bow and arrow up and attempts to hit this fellow. All right. All right. And not that I need it, but 24. That hits. Roll damage. All right. right. And then he's still Hunter's Marked, so there's that. I got that going for me, too, said Butch Patrick. It's a little Simpsons joke from 20 years ago, as all my jokes are. Oh, and of course, um, the regular arrow does minimum damage, so it's five, but He's Hunter's Mark, thankfully, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, another two. So, seven. Yep. Maybe distracted from seeing Shadow (laughs) go down. Yeah, you're a little distracted, so it's not as much damage you'd hope, but you continue to hit him. All right. And Shadow's digging did not go unnoticed by Travancore, so... He's going to lurch himself another ten feet, realizing that range is his friend and not want to get too close to this guy, and he's going to try and move in the direction that Shadow was digging. Okay. Yeah, he moves another 10 feet closer to the tree. The ground 
roils again and gas once again rises from the ground obscuring your vision um you hear the flapping of wings and laughter as this thing uh descends to 10 feet over the ground and has moved closer to jonathan and is once again going to cast a spell in his direction. He continues to roll like shit, though. Uh, that's a 16 versus AC. Uh, that may be shit, but it still hits. All right. You are going to take four poison damage. Oh, my God. Thank God. And I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Woo! All right. 17. That saves. So you feel the poison course through your body and it hurts. And oh, you're feeling weak, but you manage to shrug off the effects and keep yourself from being poisoned. Carlton, it's your turn. Hi. Uh, run over here. And I'm going to start slashing with the halberd, okay. which is a reach weapon. And I'm going to go reckless. Okay. Uh, a 22 to hit. That'll hit. Uh, and that'll do uh, 10 slashing to necrotic. Okay. Uh, 18 to hit. Uh, yes, that'll hit. Uh, nine slashing for necrotic, and the final, uh, 24 to hit. That hits. For, uh, 17 slashing to necrotic. At least you're hitting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, these three, you finally get in three solid hits, and as much as they don't seem to be doing nearly as much damage as you hope, they do do damage, and they do sink on in, um, and he actually... Um, falters in the air, and you can see that he's having a hard time keeping himself aloft. All right. Okay, at the end of your turn, it will actually try to attack you with its beak as a legendary action. Come at me. Uh, 19 versus AC. Hits. That's going to be eight piercing damage, which I know you have, and I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Uh, 18. Yep, you do save. So once again, you feel the necrosis move through you, but you manage to shrug it off. Bernie, it is your turn. So this thing is now five feet off the ground. Bernie is going to banana around all them to get to Jonathan the Magic Muscular. Of uh, how much speed do you have on Cocos Newt? Quite a bit. I don't know. 20, <laughs> I don't, can't find it. Is it more than 30? I believe it is, yeah. Okay, then yes, you can reach him, because it's 35 to banana around and stay out of this thing's reach. So you get up to Jonathan. this asshole can't counterspell me. You don't know that. Yeah, I do, because he can't counterspell a healer's kit. This is true. He cannot uh, counterspell a healer's (laughs) kit. (laughs) Dropping that science. (laughs) You can't counterspell Queen Bay. So it's 1d6 plus 4 plus my wisdom modifier. So that's 1d6 plus 9. Oh. Oh. <laughs> you get 13 points of health back, dude. Don't waste them. Oh, Jonathan, I won't. you actually only get 6 points of health back. A couple of the lemon band-aids fall back off. Yeah, hmm. Bernie patches you up, and it it almost feels like for every moment she spends trying to heal you, something is preventing some of that from getting through, so you only get six. Okay. Chester's gonna move into flanking. He's got that kind of movement. Yeah. Go ahead and attack. And he's just gonna please Chester. Does the 18 hit? 18 will hit. He does six damage. As you bring this spray can of force around and spray down this demon of rot, it screams in inarticulate rage 
and describe in detail the gory death of this creature. Yay! <laughs> Finally. It's just like, you know when you like when you just like spray so much like, we're thinking an think aerosol. Lysol cans, I don't know what they come in now, but they used to have these aerosol cans. And just like think like shake a shake a shake and there's that little ball that's like and then it's just like so much like to the point where you realize you've used up the can and he's just choked he's just disinfected all the just like the lady in the commercial says you know also like you know all the all the germs are gone 99.9% of the bacteria is gone um the other 0.01% is uh been taken care of by my friends yay yep. it it screams, it is covered in your, it, for a moment, it's almost as if you, it's been covered in your radiant energy, even though you know this is force damage, and you see its body slump to the ground, its limbs suddenly turned almost to jello as the bones, they don't snap and break, they just bend and melt. The skin sloths off into worms and maggots. The skull that had been looking at you with these empty sockets for eyes and these little piercing red beams suddenly go dark and the skull clatters to the ground empty and lifeless the maggots and worms that had fallen off of this thing writhe in the ground screaming in this high-pitched noise before sizzling and popping like they'd been covered in acid but there's something else left behind as this demon falls away, as the pieces of it fall and descend into the ground and decay into nothing, there's a, a woman left behind, kneeling, clutching the ground, her skin bark, her eyes sunken and sad. She looks thin and emaciated and seems to be made out of a tree. She has brown, de decaying leaves next to her skin. Her skin is actually a, a brown bark. It almost kind of looks like a, the bark skin spell you guys are familiar with. She looks up at you with scared, sad, hopeful eyes and looks at each one of you, glances up towards Carlton and says, You came. You finally came. And that's where we'll pause for the moment. And next time, as we pick up right where we left off, you can speak to this young woman that some of you might recognize from your dreams. Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter. <laughs>